Tees it up, and a save is made by Bobrovsky. Nelson, Barzell with the open net, and he scores! Hi, and welcome to the Locked On Islanders podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Gil Martin. I'm an Islanders columnist and historian. And I wrote the book Ice Wars, which covers the complete history of the Islanders' rivalry with the Rangers from 1972 to the modern era. All right, welcome everybody to the Wednesday edition of the Locked On Islanders podcast. We have got a lot to talk about. Today's podcast is brought to you by Built Bar. It's the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. Go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code Locked On. You'll get $10 off your next order. All right, uh, lots to get to. Game two, 3 o'clock this afternoon. Islanders and Flyers. Islanders ahead in the series, one to nothing. And in just a few minutes, we will have a full preview of that game with Gary Harding of WGBB Radio and the Islanders Booster Club. And it's always good to hear from Gary as he breaks down uh, what we can expect in game two and also talk we talk about what made the Islanders so successful so far throughout these playoffs we also have our Islanders birthday of the day and a whole lot more to talk about on today's show if you have a question a topic something you'd like to discuss that is Islanders related please feel free to contact us the email address lockedonislanders at gmail.com if you leave your name and where you're from we're happy to mention you on the air when we talk about whatever it is that's on your mind. Meanwhile, you can uh, follow the show on Twitter at Locked On Isles, and you can follow me, Gil Martin, on Twitter at Ice Wars, N-Y-R-V-S-N-Y-I. We'll keep you up to date on all the latest Islanders news and notes. So, game two this afternoon, back to the matinee, and that is always uh, interesting, makes for an earlier evening, that's for sure. And uh, the Islanders looking to take that two to nothing lead. And I'll tell you, Simeon Varlamov, 39 seconds away from breaking the Islanders' all-time shutout streak uh, in the playoffs. If he can hold the Flyers off the scoreboard for the first 40 seconds of Game Two, that record set back in the dynasty years by Hall of Famer Billy Smith. And by the way, Varlamov becoming the first Islanders goaltender to have back-to-back playoff shutouts as he blanked the Capitals in Game 5 and then the Flyers in Game 1 of this series. So congratulations to Simeon Varlamov. Also, a little bit of Islanders news. The Islanders will be featured in a program called The Quest for the Stanley Cup which will uh, premiere on September 2nd on ESPN+, and it'll talk about, uh, you know, go behind the scenes and give you some insight into the Islanders in the playoff bubble. So definitely uh, check that out when it debuts in uh, about a week 
uh, as the Islanders are going to be featured in this, and why not? They've had a fun ride so far without a question. All right, right now it's time for our Islanders' birthday of the day. Uh, we'll get that over with before we bring on our guest, Gary Harding. And today's birthday of the day is former Islanders defenseman Bob Lorimer, who turned 67 years old on Tuesday, the Toronto-Ontario native drafted by the Islanders in the ninth round of the 1973 draft, came up from Michigan Tech, where he played his college hockey, played his first game with the Islanders in 1976-77, picked up an assist, actually, in his first game, and was a member of two Stanley Cup-winning teams with the Islanders in 1980 and 1981, was then sent over to the Colorado Rockies and finished his career with the New Jersey Devils in 1985-86, played in 529 career NHL games, 22 goals, 112 points, add 49 playoff games, all of those with the Islanders, and uh, three goals, 13 points in the postseason. We're going to take a look at one of his better playoff games, May 10th, 1980 at the Nassau Coliseum. Islanders and Buffalo Sabres, Bob Sove in goal for Buffalo, Billy Smith, the netminder for the Islanders, Islanders in the NHL semifinals here, trying to go up against Buffalo and clinch the series, but it was the Sabres getting on the board first, Gilbert Perot scoring the first two goals of the game, the first one just 226 in, Bill Height and Richie Dunn with the assists. And then at 6.53, John Van Boxmeer sets up Perot. That was his ninth and tenth goals of the playoffs. And just like that, the Islanders are down 2 to nothing at home. But John Tonelli scores at 8.08 of the opening period. Assists to Dwayne Sutter and Stefan Pearson. And at the end of 20 minutes, it's a 2-1 to Islander deficit as they struggle to get back into the game. Early in the second period, with Van Boxmeer off for hooking, Mike Bossy comes through on the power play. That is his sixth goal of the playoffs. Bob Bourne and Brian Trottier with the assists. The game is tied at 2-2. Two and two. Then midway through the period, Bob Lorimer, our Islanders' birthday of the day, scores his first goal of the playoffs. Bob Bourne and Butch Goring with the helpers at 11-11. And the Islanders had a 3-2 lead. After two periods in the third, Dwayne Sutter added to the lead, his second from Clark Gillies and Butch Goring. And then with exactly one minute left, Bob Bourne scores into the empty net, his 10th. Islanders end up winning this game 5-2. to two. They eliminate the Buffalo Sabres and advance to the Stanley Cup final against the Philadelphia Flyers for the first time in franchise history. In this game, Bob Bourne leading the way with a goal and two assists. But for Bob Lorimer, the game-winning goal and a plus three. He and Dennis Potvan both with plus three ratings in this one. And the Islanders skate away with the win. Islanders with 31 shots on goal in this game to just 24 for the Sabres. 22 saves for Billy Smith in this one. Wayne Merrick leading the Islanders with six shots on goal in this contest. So again, 
Happy birthday to our Islanders birthday of the day, Bob Lorimer, obviously one day late, but uh, Lorimer, 67 years old, and again, a key part of the Islanders' first two Stanley Cup winning teams. When we return, we will be joined by Gary Harding of WGBB Radio and the Islanders Booster Club to talk about Game 2 and how the Islanders look throughout the playoffs. Lots more to get to on the Locked On Islanders podcast. You want Chinese, they want pizza, and someone else is craving Froyo, but there's something for everyone on DoorDash. DoorDash is the app that brings you the food you're craving right now, right to your door. Ordering is easy. Open the DoorDash app, choose what you want to eat, and your food will be left safely outside your door with the new contactless delivery drop-off setting. With over 300,000 partners in the U.S., Puerto Rico, Canada, and Australia, You can support your local go-tos or choose from your favorite national restaurants like Chipotle, Wendy's, and the Cheesecake Factory. Many of your favorite local restaurants are still open for delivery. Just open the DoorDash app, select your favorite local restaurant, and your food will be left at your door. Right now, our listeners can get $5 off and zero delivery fees on their first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter code LOCKEDONNHL. That's $5 off and zero delivery fees on your first order when you download download the DoorDash app in the App Store and enter code LOCKEDONNHL. Don't forget, that's code LOCKEDONNHL for $5 off your first order with DoorDash. Right now, it's my pleasure to welcome to the Locked On Islanders podcast, Gary Harding of WGBB Radio and the Islanders Booster Club. And Gary, how are you today? Gil, doing just fine. How are you? I am great, and it's a great time to be an Islanders fan. Here we are in the conference semifinals, and the Islanders really played a superb game one. What did you see this team doing so well, especially in the first and third periods? Yeah, it was it was really crazy, Gil. It was like a, a, a tale of two periods, the between the first and second. They came out. So well, dominated the forecheck, um, got 15 shots on net to the Flyers' four. They really got into the into the shooting lanes and, and denied Philly any opportunity. And, of course, you get, you know, the most unlikely, not I wouldn't say unlikely, but, you know, I mean, the man hasn't scored a playoff goal in 10 years. Andy Green gets that shot up to get the one nothing lead. But, you know, it was what the kind of game that you expected to see that they played in game five against the Capitals where they completely shut everything down and stifled Philadelphia in every chance they could. Then you get the second period and it seemed like Philadelphia decided, okay, I think it's our turn to start playing hockey and uh, took it to the Islanders and basically even the shots. But um, Varlamov was the big difference. And then third, the third period, they went right back to Islander hockey ways and, and it was just, Absolutely phenomenal to see how they they ba- I think they basically dismantled the Flyers. And if you listen to some of the um, the quotes and contacts from Barry Trotz, I don't think he even felt that the Islanders played their best game the other night. We, you know, let let's talk about Simeon Varlamov because he has been outstanding. Now the Islanders have not allowed thirty shots yet in a playoff game, and yet even though he's not facing a lot of shots when he needs to come up big, Varlamov has done it. 
It's amazing to look at, and I actually got a chance to watch some tape from earlier in the season, and um, you can see the the effects of the goalie gurus on on Varlamov right now. His his movements are very simplistic. They they you know they they're not flashy. They're not you know wild. He you know he goes to wherever he needs to go to 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 be in, in a perfect angle to stop the shot. His glove hand is is truly been remarkable. And there's just a couple of those opportunities where he's had some some point blank chances. And you know you we're sitting on TV going, oh God, here it goes. And and somehow he. You know, it's like uh, Mighty Mouse. He comes in and saves the day, you know, and um, it's just an incredible uh, testament, to, again, to the goalie coaches and to uh, the work that they put in with, with Semyon to be the difference. And he has, in, in most of these games, he has been the difference. The Islanders, before the break, you know, finished on a down note. Really, the last 10, 12 games, they truly, truly struggled what do you see them doing differently that's really making them so much better now than they were before the season was interrupted? You know, it's amazing. Um, right before, I guess it was right around the time of January 2nd when Adam Pellick, uh, you know, hurt it, blew his Achilles tendon. In that game, you know, the team just went south. And you can't attribute it to one player because, you know, the, the system works and, there were things that were going on during that bad time, you know, that they were doing right. It was just they weren't getting the, the breaks. They weren't getting the results. Um, bad bounces, all sorts of things. But, you know, it, it comes back to the coaching staff and it comes back to, you know, being on board, being uh, fully functional in the, in, the, in the Islander system. And sure enough, you know, with everybody back in, in full strength, that's what's happened with the team is that they've, they've – they're all on the same page and you know, you have to, again, as an Islander fan, you just have to love the results. Talking with Gary Harding of WGBB radio and the Islanders booster club, Gary at the trade deadline, the Islanders pick up Jean-Gabriel Pajot to help solidify the third line. He has been very effective in this uh, playoff run so far. What has Pajot brought to the table for the Islanders? the ability for a center to play a, a 200 foot game. You have that kind of skill with, um, with uh, Brock Nelson when he's on, when he's playing center, you have the same thing with uh, Casey Sezikis that he plays a 200 foot game. Um, you know, Matthew Barzell is, is, is getting there. He's almost there, but Gab- John Gabriel Pajot does everything. He kills penalties. He works the power play. He's a great, great face-off man. So it gives you, it gives you options down the game, especially down in, in a close critical game where you need to put a face-off guy. You know, Casey's great at it, but you don't necessarily want your fourth-line guy being out there in pivotal minutes. John, John Gabriel can do that, and he scored some great, uh, very timely goals in both the series against Washington and in game one against Philadelphia. And he's doing exactly, exactly as Lou Lamarillo wanted him. And he was the type of player that would work perfect in this system. Barry Trotz seems to be pushing all the right buttons. Every time he inserts a player into the lineup, they seem to come up big. Talk a little bit about some of the moves he's made and, and why the players seem to respond. 
Uh, I think again, it goes it goes back to the philosophy of Barry, and and I and it's been said I know in some of the media interviews that regardless of who's in the lineup, whether it's the twenty the eighteen skaters that are in, and the extra seven or eight that are in the bubble with them, every every player is is on board and is ready, and they feel that, and I'm sure Barry feels as well. If he needs to bring somebody into that lineup, it's a seamless move and. It, it, it flows perfectly. Taken, for example, he moves Ross Johnston into the lineup for game five, and he was outstanding in game five against the Capitals, provides a lot of that physical strength that unfortunately isn't there with a, a guy like a Derek Broussard. And then in game one last the other night against Philadelphia, you know, didn't get an assist, but basically had the hit that set the play to score for Pajot to score his goal and had 10 hits in almost 11 minutes of play. It, it's a, just another element. You know, it, it allows Barry, depending on the mood and depending on the situation and the team they're facing, to change cogs and parts to suit what ne- what's needed. You needed a little bit of physical presence, you bring Johnston in. You need a little more finesse, you bring Brassard in. Um, and everything, every again, you know, he is um, right right now. Barry Trotz is the King Midas of this organization. What he's touching, especially in the last three weeks, is turning into ni- a very nice twenty-four karat gold plated guy. <laughs> We've got a lot more to talk about with Gary Harding coming up in just a moment. But guys, talking about erectile dysfunction isn't easy. Usually, we just brush it off or blame ourselves, saying things like. I lost my mojo, or we avoid it altogether with excuses like, I had a long day at work, or sorry honey, I'm just not feeling it. But with Roman, it is easy to talk about it. With a real healthcare professional who can prescribe real medicine, it's simple, safe, and best of all, totally discreet. With Roman, you can get a free online evaluation and ongoing care for ED, all from the comfort and privacy of your own home. A healthcare professional will work with you to find the best treatment plan, and if medication is appropriate, Roman will ship it to you with free two-day shipping. The whole process is straightforward, simple, and discreet, and getting started is simple. Just go to roman.com slash LockedOnNHL and complete an online visit. Erectile dysfunction used to be tough to check. But now there's Roman. Complete an online visit today and connect with a healthcare professional and take care of it. Get uh, Go to GetRoman.com slash LockedOnNHL today, and if approved, you'll get $15 off your first order of ED treatment. That's GetRoman.com slash LockedOnNHL. GetRoman.com slash LockedOnNHL. One thing that has been an issue throughout the playoffs that the Islanders have struggled with is special teams. The power play needs to get going if they're really going to make a long playoff run. What do you see on the power play? What's lacking right now? I, I think I think sometimes it, it has to go back to when I think when the Islanders power play does well, they do make a lot of very short, crisp, quick passes. But I think their problem is is their inability sometimes to bring the puck up. And you've got very capable puck handling defensemen in, in Nick Letty, in in Devon Taves. Um, you got guys that are that are very capable of getting getting that long pass up to the forwards to bring it into bring it out of the neutral zone and into the offensive area. But sometimes it just seems to me 
that there's a little bit of t- tentativeness in that in that uh, aspect of their play. Um, I'm very comfortable when they get into the offensive zone, the way they've been been shuffling the pucks back and forth between the half boards and the and the uh, and the points. Um, I think a little luck is going to help them, but I think they're I think showing last game, I think they're in kind of the right direction, and it just. It's just going to need a couple a couple of breaks here or there because, you know, what we've seen in we've seen in the past uh, eighteen months with Barry Trotz, you know, if if the power play gets hot, they're hot for a sustainable period of time, but it just you know unfortunately it hasn't worked for him now. It hadn't worked at the end of the year uh, during the regular season. You know, this would be a perfect time for uh, for them to get some pucks in the net and uh, distance themselves. How about the PK? I mean, they did a good job of staying out of the penalty box against the Flyers in game one, but at times opposing uh, power plays have had a little too much room down low to maneuver. They have, um, but again, Philadelphia is also in a similar situation as the Islanders are. They're uh, struggling mighty on their power play. Their big offensive uh guys have not gotten on the board. Travis Konechki, who leads the team in goals, with 24 this season, has none in 10 games in the playoffs. You know, Giroux is struggling. Um, you know, all these offensive, you know, uh, firepowers for the Flyers have not produced both on five-on-five five and on the power play, which in, the, in this case helps the Islanders, but they got to be prepared and, and be ready, you know, that, again, this is a, another sleeping giant that could awake and, and cause problems. But right now, um, you know they got to they got to keep themselves out of the penalty box. It was a problem, a couple of the games in the, in the in Florida series, a couple of games in the Washington series, and it's just going to be up to them to make sure they stay disciplined and keep a and keep playing a smart game. Anthony Bovillier really has picked up his game since the Islanders entered the bubble. Talk about his maturation process and why he's been so effective in these playoffs. Um. Again, the speed has never been a question. The hands have never really been a question. But I think a lot more in this playoff series than he has uh, during the regular season. I think he's gotten a little more physical in the corners. He's uh, definitely uh, using his checking ability. And that was been, I think, a facet of his game that was slightly lacking, you know, in his first couple of years in the NHL. But I think right now that makes, you know, having all facets of his offensive game go, it's it's a it's a big help, and um, you know it, it, it breeds it breeds a little bit of uh, excitement for the fans, and it brings a little it brings confidence into him. And that's you know when you're that young of a player and you're looking for your identity, you know getting a couple of uh, game winning goals and a couple of big uh, big plays, especially in a, in a bubble type series like this, can do wonders for your confidence, and that brings every facet of your game up to the forefront. And Beauvillier and actually that entire second line has done just that. A lot of players getting headlines. We talked about Beauvillier, Varlamov, Anders Lee. Give me a, an unsung hero for the Islanders, someone who's going below the radar, but really helping this team get the job done. Well, I think it's the oldest man on your roster right now. And that's Andy Green, um, you know, stepped in, you know, after game one of the, of the uh, cap series um, we're replacing Johnny Boychuk who got hurt and he has been 
nothing but spa- I'm sorry, game one of the Panther series, but right. he's been nothing but spectacular. Um, doing doing all the little things, the simple things that you don't see on a score sheet. And you know, we know he scored the uh, the opening goal in game number one, but maybe about seven minutes later, um, in defensive mode, basically stretched his legs to the to the absolute limit and got his rear end of his skate onto a puck which was destined to go into an to an empty net on the side of Varlamov, which saved the goal. Um, you know, you just you just love the players that do those little things. Again, you don't see it on the score sheet. Yes, Andy got credited for the goal, which put him on there. But it's all those little things and those simple simple little gestures to help his uh, help his fellow D men get out of the zone or just put something off the boards or off the glass harmlessly to get it out of harm's way. Those things are the, are the types of aspects of a player that I love to see. And, and Andy Green has been another one of Lou Lamarillo's perfect deals to help solidify this roster. Uh, the Flyers obviously outplayed badly in the first period, outplayed in the third period, down one nothing, struggling offensively. What, what do you expect the Flyers will do differently in game two and how do the Islanders counter? Well, it's not that they're not putting pucks to the net, which they kind of are. Um, they, you know, they were in the uh, Montreal series, although, although when you look at it, they were, they did score less goals, I believe than the Canadians, thanks to a couple of big uh, one-sided victories for the Habs. But I think, I think they're, they're, uh, their situation is they have to, you know, once they get pucks into their offensive zone, they've got to, they've got to crash the net. They've got to get, get people in front. You know, the Islanders have done a great job in blocking shots, which um, has been their forte most of this season, but they somehow got to get bodies to the net and some, and, and in the case of them deflect some pucks, maybe off, uh, off players or off, uh, you know, uh, off other guys into the net. I mean, that's been their, uh, that's been their problem. They haven't really played an inside game as much as they need to. And against an Islander team, you're not going to be able to score goals, you know, from the outside of the, uh, you know, from the half wall or, or any, anywhere outside the, uh, the corner of the net, they've got to be able to get people up front. All right. Your prediction for game two. Wow. Uh, Again, I, you know, this these past two seasons, the Islanders have been an outstanding road team. So I, I don't think it matters on matchups. I think it was matchups were, were indeed a consideration in the cap series. But I don't. I think one to four, this team will match up with them. I think it didn't make much of a difference in game one, but I, I, I have a strange feeling that special teams play is going to be a factor in game two because I think Philadelphia is going to come out harder there's going to be some more physicality, and hence, when you have that, there's probably going to be more penalties in the game. So whoever basically comes out ahead of the um, the special teams uh, factor is going to win. I would love to see um, Barzal's line get a couple of power play goals, and so I'm going to call a 3-2 Islander win. All right, and, and Gary, why don't you tell our Locked On Islanders listeners where they can find what you do? Um, well, once every few weeks, I am on the air on Sports Talk 1240 WGBB. That's 1240 AM and 95.9 FM on the South Shore. Um, I am on usually two hours from 8 to 10. Myself and uh, my partner, John Panarese, we, uh, 
we do some interviews. We've had you, you of course, Gil, on the show. We've had a bunch of uh, former Islander players and broadcasters and the like. Um, I do start. I've been starting to tweet a little more because it's just been getting so exciting. Uh, so if you want to reach out on Twitter, I'm at G Harding WGBB, and uh, definitely check out you know SportsTalk1240.com is our website, and we've got a lot of uh, past shows on the air, so you can always check out the uh, past talk that we've done. And again, uh, I thank you for the uh, the time of uh, spending on the, the Lockdown Islander show. Gary Harding, always a pleasure. Thanks so much for joining us today. All right. Thanks a lot. Take care, Gil. All right. That's going to do it for this episode of Locked On Islanders. Have a great day. Enjoy Game 2, everybody. We will be back tomorrow with our full analysis of Game 2 and a look ahead at the next game, plus all the uh, latest Islanders injury notes, lineup notes, and anything else Islanders. Our shows drop a little bit after midnight, around 12.22 a.m., Uh, So if you're a night owl, the show is there. If you're an early morning person, when you wake up, it'll be waiting for you. Have a great day, everybody. And of course, let's go Islanders.